Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I am Jake Sherman. Welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, a look at who will run the committees if Republicans take the House. Number two, Biden signing, sounding the alarm. And number three, Jim Banks making a play, barnstorming the Midwest. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We have a very uh, buzzy top this morning, uh, leading Punchbowl News AM with a detailed look, uh, kind of gaming out who is going to be taking on some of the most uh, important gavels of uh, the next possible House Republican majority. Very important, probably more important than usual, given the fact that Kevin McCarthy has signaled that he wants to really give a lot more power back to committee chairs, a promise that a lot of speakers make and don't keep, but uh, something we're going to be watching pretty closely. Yeah, well, this is something that's been rattling around in my head for a while, a lot of things rattle around in my head. Um, <laughs> I don't know yeah, how much rattling. Is, is there's there. a lot of rattling, a lot of things about music and whatever golf. <laughs> um, no, I, this has been rattling around in my head for a while because if you think about it, the last um, two Republican speakers and and the last and certainly Nancy Pelosi, they have their grounding in committees, right? I mean, John Boehner was the was let's go from from farthest away to now. John Boehner was the chair of the Education and, and Labor Committee, um, had a big bipartisan victory in in writing No Child Left Behind, and then we had uh, we have Nancy Pelosi, the once and future speaker, who is who has her grounding in the Appropriations and Intelligence Committee, something she talks about frequently, and and something frankly that guides her, um, especially when it comes to uh, government funding, um, and then. Uh, Paul Ryan is like the um, the committee maven, right? In the sense that he's chaired two committees, budget and ways and means, and and that helped guide his thinking. And that when he got into the speakership, he thought he was smarter than everybody else, um, and, and might have been on policy. I, I'll leave that to I'll leave that to the to the uh, audience here. Um, but Kevin McCarthy has been in leadership since 2011. He was on the Financial Services Committee, but has no true rooting in the committee process. So we have, um, so we believe that actually McCarthy, who, by the way, just had his policy director leave his longtime policy director, Will Dunham, um, who was very well respected on both sides of the aisle, leave. So if you think about how he's going to structure his policy to the extent he's they're going to pass policy, which I think they will. I don't think much of it will become law. It's going to go through the committee process. Um, we have a list this morning. I think the most comprehensive um, uh, list in um, uh, that's been published yet about who's going to chair the, every House committee. Um, this is going to be critical for... Um, for for Washington, for the for people to understand at the White House, downtown, and on Capitol Hill. Since I wrote this, Anna, is that I, I think it's all interesting. <laughs> Do you think there's anything particularly interesting here that you'd like to discuss? I enjoy that. Putting me right on the spot there. Yeah, well, 
I can. Uh, I yeah, can. no. I mean, listen. I think what is interesting. Some of these these names are, are, are names of folks that we we talk about a lot. Whether that's Kathy McMorris Rogers, who's going to be at Energy and Commerce, or certainly Patrick McHenry has been a figure we've been reporting on a lot. Who's going to take over the gavel at Financial Services? Um, but there's some other names. You know, obviously Jim Jordan at Judiciary going to be a key figure in a in a possible Republican majority. Um, but then I also thought there were some other interesting ones uh, in terms of just laying out who is kind of going to be leading some of these efforts. And one person I thought interesting is is just to think about is what happens on education and labor, largely because Republicans have made education such a huge midterm issue. Uh, and, and Virginia Fox, the Republican from North Carolina, trying to seek that waiver uh, to circumvent term limit rules. Uh, so far, McCarthy's been under pressure saying he doesn't want to do the, do waivers in general. Um, so kind of who leads that gavel? Because if it's not Fox, uh, who's been obviously kind of the leader for Republicans on the education issues for quite a while, that could potentially go to Tim Wahlberg from Michigan or Jim Banks uh, if he loses the whip race. Yeah. You know, education, let's dwell on this for one quick second. Education is at the centerpiece of a lot of what Republicans have been um, uh, talking about, whether it's about schools and COVID and education curriculum and things like that. So that's going to be an important an important position if Republicans take the majority. Um, one other thing I want to say here, we focused a lot on the ways and means race um, uh, between Vern Buchanan, Jason Smith, and Adrian Smith, three people vying for this slot. Buchanan... Uh, was I think the front runner for a long time. I, I of the people, the Republicans I talk to a lot and uh, uh, lawmakers mostly, a lot of them give the edge to Jason Smith now. Um, I think this is fascinating. Smith is younger. Um, he is a uh, uh, an al- all of them are allies of McCarthy. Buchanan, interestingly enough, Anna, and we could actually wrap this in here. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is going to be in Longboat Key on Saturday hosting uh, at a fundraiser with um, um, Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich that Vern Buchanan is hosting. Now, when I know when I, I know when we were talking yesterday, you said to me like, uh, if you were if you had a free Saturday night, which you don't, you'd be hanging with Newt too. I, you know, I so you can't blame the guy. You know, <laughs> I mean, hot <laughs> ticket for a Saturday night. <laughs> Newt and Kevin. An election preview. Da, 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 da. Okay, let's move on. Um, all right. With that, we will move on. Uh, I would encourage you to take a look, though. I mean, these are going to be the people to watch um, on a variety of so many issues. Also, uh, at the end of uh, the top is some interesting quotes by former Speaker Paul Ryan. Uh, he was the debut guest on the Control podcast. Not somebody who speaks out a ton. Uh, and just kind of getting his take on McCarthy and Republicans majority uh, and the challenges uh, definitely worth taking a look. Uh, Let's move on to the number two story of the morning, Jake. Wow. President Joe Biden really talking about uh, the grim realities from his perspective uh, just days before the 2022 campaign, um, trying to make kind of a dual argument uh, last night at Union Station about why Democrats should uh, maintain majority in in Washington, but also that some darker themes coming out. Um, uh, we've seen this, you know, a little bit in September when he gave that pretty stark speech uh, in Philadelphia, but another kind of really hitting pretty hard for the president on uh, the 
the dismantling of democratic systems by, you know, desire, you know, by Republicans to do that, among other things. You know, what stuck out to me here is he's trying to make an argument, two arguments, keep Democrats in power because they've been really successful um, and keep Republicans out of power because they don't believe in democracy. Now, let's just it's interesting. To, it's an interesting argument that he's making, especially after January 6th, which was, let's be clear, an undemocratic um, um insurrection right people were we what we know undoubtedly is that republicans the, the the republicans that stormed the capitol were trying to stop the the certification of the 2020 election period hard hard stop <laughs> i was there so let's let's keep it let's keep it at that the problem for biden is that is that most voters according to polls um don't see democracy as their top priority um I think what he's trying to do here is raise the stakes to a certain degree and, and say that this is not a normal election. This is an election that's not only about, you know, tax rates or whatever, but this is an election that's actually about making sure that the American experiment is is intact and keeps going. Right, Anna? I mean, is that what you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that is the argument he is trying to make. I think the question, and and we'll have to see how it plays out, is how salient that is to your point with with voters. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning, Jake. We have been covering the race, as you mentioned, for WHIP uh, quite intensely. Uh, and we have some news here about Representative Jim Banks, the Republican from Indiana, barnstorming across uh, the Midwest, uh, doing a ton of different campaign events for uh, fellow Republicans in Ohio and in Michigan and Illinois. Um just interesting to see how the different strategies here in this race are playing out and uh, kind of the efforts uh, to kind of secure, you know, support one. Well, probably, first of all, secure the majority and then secure, the, you know, as many uh, people that they can uh, as this as this race plays out. Yeah. Uh, Banks. One of the weaknesses of Bank, Banks's candidacy is he's basically MIA on, on elections and fundraising and uh, traveling on behalf of candidates. He's trying to make that up. Make up for that, rather. He has a um, he has a uh, uh, super PAC that he's not created because he's not allowed to create a super PAC, but that is involved with him. That's raised a couple million bucks, um, not a ton of money, and it's not going to be dispositive in the election. But Banks is trying to show, and he's in the Midwest trying to show that he is also a political animal in addition to being wanting to be in the leadership. Um, I don't know that I think that's that's fine. I think that this election is going to be incredibly tight. This whip race, um, it's going to be uh, in less than a week or sorry, in about a week and a half. <laughs> it's going to be a week from Election Day. Um, so candidates for this thing, for this position, uh, Banks, Tom Emmer of Minnesota, the NRCC chair and um, Drew Ferguson of Georgia are going to have a week basically to solidify their positions in the co- in the conference and get a um uh, get a majority and or try to make it to a second ballot. It's something we're going to be all over and we will be um, we will be uh, reporting on it and digging in deeper as as uh, as, it, as assuming Republicans win the majority. 
All right. Uh, with that, just want to note one quick thing. I am very uh, excited to talk about the findings, Jake. It's our inaugural half-day summit in December, on December 8th, that is going to be focused on racial equity and sustainability as part of our overall The Punch Up um, platform that you've heard us talk about on this uh, podcast before. If you are interested in attending, uh, you, there's a link on the findings page on our website, as well as in the newsletter to register your interest. This is an invite-only conference, so would love uh, to engage that with more and more people from our community. Um, With that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please share The Daily Punch uh, with your friends, family, coworkers. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. Um, And with that, have a great day. Stay safe.